Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report, another brand new show for you. This time, it's for a Tuesday. It's January 18th, year of science, 2022. Science! Oh, hell, science. It is right to give science thanks and praise, and you're going to find out in just a little bit why. More science Ooh. news coming up today. We just got a plethora, if so you much will, science. of science news to talk <laughs> about. I'm your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, sitting here in the Batcave with me. Is Somebody called and said, why does it sound like you're uh, taking a dump every time you introduce Eddie? Because <laughs> I'm hard to pass. <laughs> you are hard to pass. I'm hard to deal with. <laughs> you're harder to swallow. <laughs> I just like I just have fun with words and sounds. That's all. But There's no reason the same, behind it. You say the same words every day. You might not play around I with I like them. that. Make, make it interesting. <laughs> Run the gamut. Gambit shows not the gambit. The gamut <laughs> show the my range. Yeah, I can go high, or I can go low. Wow, so much range. I can be strained, like I am with. Holy God! Holy God! It's Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo ho, Eddie. How you doing? I'm doing good. All right. Doing what's, good. What's that hat you're wearing? What's it's that all about? It's a South Carolina state flag. It's a Myrtle Beach hat. Oh, boy. You're just Mr. <laughs> Souvenir, aren't tree. you? Whenever you go someplace, you, you must bring an extra bag in your luggage just to fill up I, with shit. I like proof of where I've been. <laughs> so when people go through my rubbage after I'm dead, like, fuck, this guy went a lot of places. We'll take your word for it. No, I need you people. You don't need to have the Myrtle no. Beach hat with the... State flag of South Carolina. Yeah, it's actually it? for the minor league baseball team, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Sure, of course it is. I'm a fan of the team. Of course you are. Yes. Who doesn't love minor league baseball? I love minor league baseball. Why? Better than major league baseball. Why baseball, period, but why minor league more than major league? Because it's a more intimate experience. It's fun. Ah, uh, so you fuck the players afterwards? Yes. <laughs> you get to go in the locker room. Is that what Total you mean? access. <laughs> I bet you do. A lot of bats and balls. Oh, they spread their cheeks. It's great. Oh, boy. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just... Disturbed. You asked. Come. I'm just bothered by you. You fiend. Why? Because... We we're different people. We don't have to be the same. that the truth. We don't have to be the same. Well, kids, uh... Sorry. Goddamn motherfucking Myrtle Beach in the house. Well, you give me representing. Crap. You give me crap because I wear my Washington hat, so I didn't wear that today. No, so now didn't. I'm wearing a Myrtle Beach. What hat. do you got on your capitals? Your capitals. All right, that, at least it's. I'm in season. You're in season, at least. Better than wearing football gear after your team's been out of it for four weeks. Oh, come on. Um, we got a hell of a show today, kids. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Look at the size of the show, by the way. Look how much show. Dude, that's uh, almost too much show. It's almost a leaflet. We're gonna have to. <laughs> We're going to have to notify the affiliates that we may run a little late. We mm. may be pushing back programming. Ooh, okay. So, uh, so much. Let's not cut anything. Show today. We're not cutting anything. Don't cut anything. It's all too good. Leave it in there. Too much good show for you today, kids. Uh, did I do this yet? Because on the counter, you want to know why? No. Uh, I'm going to tell you why then. Because it's Tuesday. And on Tuesdays, we take a look at a classic television theme song that we all remember and love. And we do a deep dive on that song and the show. It's also a tongue twister Tuesday. Oh. Time to limber up our tongues. And I see nailed if, it last week. We did. We both did. See if we can uh, wrap our mouths around <laughs> a interesting phrase or two. Like a minor league player. Like a, we're going to work <laughs> this phrase with our mouths like it's a minor league baseball Good player. I think I said league player. <sighs> also, <laughs> we got the raffle. We're going to give away some artwork. Me as a bear. Oh. Maybe my favorite one so far. Ralph the bear is your favorite? It's pretty strong. Sure. 
It shows off a, a new angle to your artwork. You never had to have a character sitting down before. I yeah, think. I want to make you a you know an embarka lounger type situation. Ralph the Bear is uh, kicking back in a, in an easy chair, watching Reggie roasting Roast. over a spit. <laughs> it's disturbing and yeah, yet a little glass of Jack too. I don't entertaining. Know I did notice that it's entertaining and as well as disturbing. <laughs> and we raised some money for the uh, scleroderma. Association. Yes. So uh, that's Bob Saget's favorite charity. So in his honor, we've raised some money for that. We're going to give away that in just a little bit. Uh, what else? Entertainment news. Your phone call. So much show to get to it. You're going to say, oh, that's a Tuesday show? Oh, that feels like a Wednesday show to me or maybe a <laughs> Friday show. It seems like something later in the week. It's like a heavy meal. Oh, yeah. Usually you want to save that for, uh, you know, later on in the day. Yeah, it's like a big pasta at lunch. Because you're going you're gonna to want to nap after this show, I'm telling you. <laughs> so let's get to it. I promised you science news, mm -hmm. and I'm not the kind of guy to lie to you. So let's get right to it, shall we? Because science rules. Science rules. Science! Yesterday, I renewed my war on glitter. Yes. And I want to thank all the Garmin members who sent along this article. Apparently, I'm not alone. Oh. Because... Everything's covered in glitter, glitter. Oh, my goodness. Handfuls and handfuls of glitter, glitter. It's in my hair. It's everywhere. A group of scientists, scientists. have band together to try to get the U.S. and the U.K. to ban glitter. Whoa. To ban glitter, to ban out, to outlaw cosmetics that contain glitter. Mm. Glitter needs to be stricken from the earth. For an environmental reason, I'm guessing. Whatever. Look, they have <laughs> they their reasons. Why. I have my reasons. <laughs> All I know is... It's not a health concern, is it? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> No, I don't have health concerns about it, That's... though apparently I should because I didn't even know this stuff until I read it. Oh. Let me tell you a little story about some scientists, especially Dr. Tricia Farrelly down there in New Zealand. She's at their Massey University, and she is saying, I think all glitter should be banned Ooh. because it's microplastics. Microplastics. That is the big problem in the world right now is microplastics. I didn't know that. It I, is. It's a silent killer. It is a silent killer. You, you mock not but i'm telling you it's the truth and i scared scared of microplastics microplastics well first of all mm -hmm. they're a nightmare because microplastics are what result even when plastics break down even when the bottles in our landfills and stuff okay. do break down so microplastics is not just considered glitter it's, no okay the microplastic is a larger problem but glitter is ready to serve microplastics okay. it's re it's already, out the middleman it's already to ruin us okay um, as I mentioned, even when plastic breaks down, it becomes, it never goes away. It just becomes these tiny, tiny little pieces yeah. of plastic. And that is what's ruining our environment. It is filling our oceans. And then glitter in particular, because glitter is so small and so shiny that marine life mistake it for food, oh. which they eat oh. and then damages their livers and keeps other uh, physical processes from happening properly in marine life. Now, here's the problem. When you start poisoning the little fishies that are eating glitter and it's poisoning them, the bigger fishies come along and they eat that. Yeah, it's the food chain, it's man. It's the food chain. And fish and crustaceans are being filled with these what they call microbeads and microplastics, and they have potentially harming effects, not just for them, but for us as well. They're saying it's literally now impossible for us not to be ingesting a ton of these microplastics by what we eat because it's not only in uh, the oceans and in the lakes and in the rivers but they're finding it everywhere including drinking water hmm. microplastics account for 92.4 percent of the total of the 5.25 trillion pieces of plastic floating around in the oceans damn these particles absorb chemicals and pollutants that makes them even more toxic so we're, we're basically poisoning ourselves with glitter. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> and we need to, we need, they're finding a microplastic contamination in tap water, in irrigation systems. So even not even if you're not in the ocean, but if you're just, you know, giving water to beef, you know, yeah. to cows. It's and, going uh, to the beef, then we eat the beef. Exactly. Yeah. So we're just slowly poisoning ourselves with glitter. It gets everywhere, man. It gets, it literally, it literally gets everywhere. Gets everywhere. 
And so the Royal Society of Chemistry and other organizations made up of smarter people than us are asking world governments to ban glitter because it's Satan's jism. That's why. Now, where's the counter argument? Like, it's a free world and we should be able to have our glitter. You no, can't tell me nothing. No glitter, glitter mandates. Freedom. I don't know. Like where, does, where do those people rise up? I'm, I haven't heard from them, but I'm sure there are some <laughs> glitter amendment folks out there who want to still have their glitter. Right. It's my, Anti -anti my glitter, my choice, or whatever they're <laughs> protesting. So I just people thought people would want to know. Glitter is bad, mm. and we need to get rid of it, and I'm not alone, and science is behind me, mm. and... Science rules. So let's not forget that. Science! More science news. This directly applies to you, Eddie Pence. Really? Paul Branchaud is uh, concerned about you. Why? Because as you know, uh, know. Your, your ear is uh, stuffed up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're all concerned about you not yes. being able to hear out of one yes. ear because yes. you still have... Pressure from the airplane. It's not a spider. Well, let's see. Paul sent along this article mm. because he's concerned about you. Okay, Paul. It's a gentleman named Zane Wedding. Zane Wedding Zane is his Wedding. name. He's 40 years old. He's a Maori, and he works for Greenpeace okay. down there in Auckland, New Zealand. Another New Zealand story. So recently, he took a dip in his local pool there in Auckland, and by the time he got home, he had the sensation that his ear was blocked. I took some drops to clear it up and fell asleep on the couch that night, he mm -hmm. told CNN. When I woke up in the morning, it was still blocked. Oh, I hate that. So I went straight to the doctor. I was waiting for the doctor, and that was infuriating. The doctor finally looked in my ear and advised me that I had experienced blocked water in my ear. So they advised him to go home and use a hairdryer to get it out. Oh. Point a hairdryer into your ear. Blow and hot air in there. Blow hot in there, and that'll help uh, evaporate any uh, water that got okay. trapped in there. So he did that. I left the doctor with no relief at all. I spent most of the weekend laying on my side or jamming a hairdryer in my ear. And when I had to walk around, I would instantly be dizzy. When I would lay down, I would still hear the water moving around my eardrum. That's way more than water in your ear. Well, apparently not. That's not what the doctor said. Mm. Over the weekend, I tried anything I could for relief. Ear candles, jumping on one leg, chewing gum. I went for a run. Anything I could think of to get the ear to clear. Okay. On Sunday night, finally, the water sound stopped, but oh. the ear was still blocked. Uh-oh. So he decided to see an ear, nose, and throat specialist on Monday. So he, he, goes, to, he goes back to the doctor. Right, Pence, right. And luckily for him, I think he found a better doctor because the minute she looked inside his ear, according to Zane Wedding, she said, oh my God, I think you have an insect in your ear. <laughs> It was in that moment I realized that the movement I'd felt over the weekend was not water rushing through my mm. ear. It was the cockroach. Oh, it was a cockroach? It was a, it was a cockroach of almost How three inches long. How big are his long, ears? Had crawled inside his ear. Is and he a fucking bloodhound? <laughs> set up home inside Jesus, his dude. ear. I had felt the cockroach moving around in my ear. Oh. I instantly thought that I had just been pumping hot air into my head Cooking a cockroach in my ear canal all weekend, <laughs> that made me feel sick. The doctor then extracted the dead cockroach in a procedure that took less than five minutes. Every time she touched it, I just imagined her Ugh. squishing a cockroach in my eardrum. Ugh. So I wasn't the perfect patient, but it was instant relief. I felt a pop as soon as the doctor pulled it away. Oh, I bet that felt good. Once I knew it was a bug, it all clicked together. That was why the water would move even when I was still, because it was not water, it was a cockroach oh. moving in my head. That's awful. That's terrible. Cockroach. I don't in have a bug ear. in my ear. I think what Paul is I saying. I see what Paul's trying to do. Paul is saying, Here goes, here's Zane Wedding. Right. Minding his own business down there in Auckland, thinking he's got a plugged ear right. from one cause, yeah. but in reality, it was a completely different no, cause, I is get, what Paul is saying. I get what Paul's saying. I see what Paul's trying to do. He's not, I, he's not trying he's to He's trying to freak to me out, but it's not going to happen because I didn't have any water squishing around feeling in my ear. It's just solely in the airplane. You feel it close up, and it never reopens. So the South Carolina bug just died immediately no, upon South getting South Carolina bug. Ear. Their palmetto bugs are very prevalent down palmetto there. Palmetto bugs. Looks there like you the, go. Looks like the cockroach. Well, there bug. you go. It's not a palmetto you bug. You have a palmetto no, tree on your hat. 
What are the odds I'm, you have a palmetto bug in your ear? I'm trying to attract him out of my ear into my hat. That's why I'm wearing it. <laughs> is that. your ear still clogged is the question. It's, it's better today than it was yesterday. Is it? It's getting better. Because the palmetto bug is slowly decomposing. It's withering away yeah, as he starves it. Decomposing. Death. And so when the bug drops out of your ear, I want you to give a hearty apology to Paul, who's looking out for your well-being. No, I know what Paul's doing. And apparently... And it's not uh, appreciated, Paul. He's, he's looking out no, for he's you. Not. That's what he's doing. He's trying to freak me out. It's oh, not going to happen. Come on, Eddie. I'm steadfast in my resolve. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's you. Did you hear that noise? That's your noise. Did you hear that noise anytime when you're in South Carolina? Oh, oh, oh. Stop it. That wigs me out. <laughs> See? Because that's the ball. It feels like something flying around in your oh, head. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, stop it. How did you make that noise? So thank you, Paul, for uh, looking out for Eddie's well-being, mm -hmm. even if he's not interested not. in uh, having someone take care of his health. I reject your help. Well, I appreciated it. Okay, let's give away this artwork, shall we? Here's how we do it. It's called the Ralphle. What you know is we let you know uh, what charity we're raising money for, and then any donation that is contributed towards that charity will qualify you to go into the Ralph Report fishbowl oh, of love. Was that Sylvie's fishbowl? This was Sylvie's starter bowl, but then uh, she got so big, I had to move her to a two-gallon. Right. So and we, then she went for the ocean because she got so big. So uh, we still have a two-gallon oh. now that's also vacant, but this is just <laughs> the one-gallon. And it's filled... Oh, can't fake that. ...with the names of everyone who contributed to the Scleroderma Foundation, yeah. that, which is uh, Bob Saget's. Favorite charity, of course. He worked with them considerably because he lost his sister to this horrible disease. So a lot of people were very moved by um, Bob's passing, and that encouraged them to donate. I want to thank everyone who donated. There were many Garmin members who stepped up. I truly appreciate it. You are an enormously generous and loving group, and I say that all the time. So what we do is uh, we put everybody's name in there. I, as I mentioned, any donation gets you into the fishbowl of love. But I wanted to call out some folks who went above and beyond, as there always are Garmy members who really dig deep and give. Starting with the $25 Club, thanks to Karen Ortiz, Judy Wang, Colin Lacey, Jody Inchosti, uh, Ken Christensen, Elizabeth Chang, all donated $25 to the cause. Angela Dangvu, $50, mm. along with Michael Lamoureau, uh, Danny Bliley, Kara Sung, Mark Kravitz, and Nikki Gayton all gave $50. Gina Wells donated $65 to the cause. Nice. Then in the $100 Club, we got Linda Golden, who is endlessly supportive of these charities and always gives a staggering amount. Thank you, Linda. Also in the $100 Club, Sue Slagle-Smith, Tino Lucas, our listener there in Peru, Akane Badian, Akane... Luckily, works for a company that will match charitable donations. That's awesome. So his $100 turned into $200 wow. for this worthy cause. Andrea Larkin donated $125. Damn. And Helena Sopwith with $250. So thank you all, you beautiful Garmy members who donated to this worthy cause, giving us a total of... $1,430 Holy shit. raised towards Bob Damn. Saget's favorite charity in his honor. So congratulations all. <laughs> and uh, I know the uh, association has a, a page up there when you donate in Bob's name specifically for yeah. that reason. So I assume a lot of people are doing that. And it's so nice for the Garmy to do their part as well. That's awesome. Okay, so what we do now, we got everybody's name in the fishbowl of love. I'm going to mix it up real good. Mm. Can't fake that sound. Can't fake that sound. Nope. That's a real fishbowl of love right there. <laughs> then I'm going to have the artist himself reach okay. into it. I want you to dig deep. I want you to mix deep. it up. That's all the way And then the you're going to pull a name out. And that uh, lucky Garmy member will be the recipient of the Ralph the Bear artwork. All right. Who, Eddie Pence, will be today's winner. Andrea Larkin. Andrea Larkin. Andrea Larkin. Do you say Andrea? 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 I think I say Andrea. Andrea. I think I say Andrea. Well, maybe we'll maybe find out. Andrea. We'll find out from know. Ms. Larkin. Congratulations, Andrea. Andrea, you are going to be able to hang this frameworthy Beautiful. piece of artwork 
somewhere in your home. Beautiful piece and of art. Thank you for your lovely donation to a wonderful cause on behalf of Mr. Bob Saget. Hey, uh, while we're getting into Tuesday, should mm -hmm. we try it? Should we uh, see oh. if we can? Oh, yeah. I got confidence now. Twist our tongues after got, last week. I got confidence now. Couldn't it be it was just a one-off and they gave us a simple one? I mean, most likely, yes. But I, I still have confidence. Let's find out. Are you ready, steady, Eddie? Because it's going to be so many words you cannot say over, over, and again. E so take a breath, prepare yourself the best you possibly can be. For Tiddly Tongue Twister Tuesday. Mark Gilliland from Palm Coast, Florida, sent this one in. He's a two-star general down there in Florida. Mark writes, hey, Ralph, I got a tongue twister I thought of while doing some touch-up painting on the house over the weekend. I found three different cans of white paint hmm. for the house, but I couldn't figure out which can went to which room. Hmm. So we came up with this on the spot. Oh, wow. It's an original. Which white was right, which white was wrong? Oh, God. Which white was right, which white was wrong. That's tough to say slowly. It sure is. <laughs> good luck. And pro tip, he says, label your paint cans, which I think is a good piece of advice for everybody. All right, I wrote a, I printed out a version for you. I got right. one for myself. As always, I don't try to run these uh, beforehand. I, I am coming into it new, just like Eddie Pence is. We go three times as quickly as possible. Let's see how we do it. I'll go first. Here we go. <sighs> Which white was right? Which white was wrong? Which white was right? Which white was wrong? Which white was right? Which white was wrong? Wow. Boom, 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 Damn. boom. Dropping the mic. Wow. Bitches. Okay. Fuck. All right. Now, now I'm nervous. All right. Here we go. All right. <sighs> which white was right? Which white was wrong? Which white was right? Which white was wrong? <laughs> it started no. unraveling. It sure did. I was giving you some leeway. I know. In that first it, was, round it just it spun out of control. Which white was right? Which white was wrong? Which white was right? Which white was wrong? Which white was right? Which white was wrong? Wow, look oh, at you. Okay. Two weeks in a row, you acquitted right, yourself admirably. Wow. That was tough, though. I was, was worried about that. That was, that was challenging. Yeah. That wasn't as impossible as some that we've had, but no. it wasn't as easy that as took last week. Concentration. So, Mark, thank you for your suggestion. If you've got one you want us to try out, feel free to give us a call on the Ralph Report hotline or send in an email and we'll uh, we'll give it a shot for Tongue Twister Tuesday. Tongue Twister Tuesday. Coop acting his ass off in that one. It was giving it at all. <laughs> Let's turn our attention to beloved Garmin members who take the time to call us up on the Ralph Report hotline. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's available to you. All I got to do is dial up that number, 1-833-HI-RALPH. Once again, 1-833-HI-RALPH. Then you can leave your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your comments, anything that's on your mind. And then I listen to them all. I grab a handful. And then we put them here in Garmi on the line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmin's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. Give it up, kids. Give it up. I'm telling you, Panama is the greatest song that you wow. can drive a car to. Still going for it. Huh? People are still trying to push their agenda, <laughs> trying to topple Panama. It's simply not going to happen because if you think otherwise, you're wrong. That's just science. Wow. Wow. Nothing we can do about that. It's science. Science! However, many of your suggestions, I think, are at least worthy of mention, especially when it's a song I haven't thought about in a long time, like this one from our sexy librarian, Julie. Hey, guys. It's your friend, Julie, from the library. Um, as far as songs that are good when you drive, I am a late fan of, I mean, they came to me late, uh, Deep Purple, the song Highway Star is just such a great fucking song. I mean, it has an organ solo. Uh, <laughs> it has a guitar solo, bass. I mean, I, the great thing about it when you're driving is it keeps, you know, adding layer upon layer and building. And I think the best driving songs are propulsive like that, like Panama is good that way too. Kind of like a bombastic, you know, triumphant song. That's a good song to drive to. Anyway, Deep Purple, Highway Star, and the video is super fun to watch too. So there you go. A really fresh take on a good driving song. Very contemporary. 
love you, mean it. Bye. She's being facetious, of course, because the song I believe is from 1972. <laughs> That's probably why I haven't heard it in a while. But it's a goodie. You can it, it sounds like an engine. Hmm. This song. Here's Deep Purple with Highway Star. <laughs> really good that's really good that one's really good oh man and it doesn't have that lame part of the song like panama where david lee Roth talks about putting his hand between his legs no that's the, the best back. part that's the worst part Put of my hand between my legs oh, it's so bad when he talks during music he's the seat back because no, he's in a car he's, he's in the right seat but we back. don't need to talk about but it we know what he really means i know what too. he means it's yeah. just that's the lamest part of that song i see the heat coming off the asphalt yeah, tonight oh, i don't need him yeah. talking oh, during the song just sing panama so good Gives me a boner, <laughs> that part. Uh, glitter is evil. Uh-huh. We've established that. I will. I will go to my grave fighting this war. And I'm glad to know that I forgot. I was. I was backed by a legend. Ralph, we know the truth. Marijuana's the flame. Heroin's the fuse. Glitter's the bomb. That's right. We forgot Jack <laughs> Webb as Sergeant Joe Friday often uh, would quote that in Dragnet. Yeah. Marijuana is the flame. Heroin is the fuse. Glitter's the bomb. Forgot about wow. that. It doesn't sound... Do you pull that right off the DVDs? It doesn't sound edited at all. No. Marijuana is the flame. Heroin is the fuse. Glitter's the bomb. <laughs> it's, it's seamless. Flawless is what it is. It's just... Eddie's got a bug in his ear. We know that I for don't. a fact. I do not. We established that yesterday with a phone call that started off like this. Hey, Eddie. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. And you've heard that phrase I, a ton, right? I have all the time. We've all heard it for one reason or another, but where does that phrase come from? Hey, Ralph. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Uh, where does that come from? I've seen it in like a bunch of movies or TV shows, and I'm sure it actually came from a TV show. I just don't know what the original one was. Let me know. All right, lick my balls. Bye. <laughs> The origin of, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. It's become a, a, a trope yes. now, a parody of itself, yes. right? Where, where are the origins for that? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I don't know. Well, the origins of, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV, comes not from a movie or a TV show, but from a television commercial. Yeah which goes back to a obscure piece of legislation, but there are rules around commercials. And one of them is the so-called white coat rule, which is a long-standing law that prohibits actors from playing doctors in ads for over-the-counter medical products, products for which specific medical claims are made. So if you see someone hawking something that you can buy off the shelf at your local drugstore, there is a law that says they can't pretend to be a doctor. Right. Now, it's a weird law. Actors are allowed to play doctors in commercials for products that need a physician's intervention to get. Okay. So if you're doing... A prescription or whatever. Yes, if you're doing a commercial for a prescription medication yeah. or something, there can be an actor in a white coat pretending to be a doctor in that commercial because you have to go to a real doctor right. who can then hopefully interpret whether you actually need this product or not versus just being sold directly over the counter. Over the counter. You can't do it. Right. right. Got it. So what they would do often is back in the 70s and 80s, 
they would hire actors who played famous doctors on television mm -hmm. and just have them promote their products without wearing the white <laughs> coat, but sort of you, they were hoping there would be a transitional degree yes. of trust. Like for example, Marcus Welby, Robert Young, who played Marcus Welby, MD, he did many commercials for Sanka, which was a popular decaffeinated coffee right. at the time. Right, you want and he would, approval. And he would talk about how good it is for you to not have caffeine. So it was as if Dr. Marcus Welby was telling you right. that, right? So eventually Vicks went one step further. In 1984, they ran a spot for Vicks cough syrup and they cast actor Chris Robinson to do the commercial. Now he was famous because he was playing Dr. Rick Weber on General Hospital at the time. Yes. And you need to understand, kids, in the mid-1980s, what a phenomenon General Hospital Huge. was. Huge. It was, it was Huge. a massive TV sensation. And he played Dr. Rick Weber on that show. His, his brother was played by Richard Dean Anderson, mm -hmm. who later went on to be uh, MacGyver, MacGyver, of course. So they started it off with him. And he basically just said in the lines of the spot what everybody else was just trying to do subliminally, mm -hmm. which is by saying, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. And then he would sell you Vicks cough syrup as if it made any goddamn sense that an actor who just simply played a doctor would have any more insight into medical advice than well, anybody else. He would. knows medical terms. He doesn't know what they mean. I he knows suppose. how to say them. So uh, unfortunately, um, Dr. Rick Weber, a.k.a. Chris Robinson, he got convicted of income tax evasion. Oh. And so Vicks no longer wanted to be associated with him. I can him. see that. Although he still kept playing the doctor on uh, General Hospital. Oh. He was doing his prison time at night and on weekends so he could still work. What? Yeah, isn't that interesting? That is really weird. When they when they get you for tax evasion, yeah. they want you to keep earning. So yeah, they uh, need to tax you more. Exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. So they recast the spot with an actor... Uh, named Peter Bergman, who was also playing a sitcom doctor, Dr. Cliff Warner, on All My Children. And it was that version that ran from 1985 through 1988, I believe, that became most famous. Anyway, here's the entire spot, the origin of I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. And when many adults get a cough, they play doctor at home. They treat their cough with the same medicine they originally bought for their children. They need one of the adult formulas from Vicks for the coughs adults get with the strength adults need. Formula 44 for coughs, 44D for coughs with congestion, and Formula 44M for coughs with congestion and a raw, irritated throat. The adult formulas. You can't buy anything more effective. The adult formulas from Vicks, of course. Of course. It's amazing how little respect advertising companies have for their consumers. That they actually think that that will lure you in to buy that because a doctor on TV. They're basically says saying, "Look, our ad doesn't need to make any sense. No. We'll, we'll, we think you're going to fall for it. Yeah, you think he's, he's a doctor? He's a guy who plays a doctor. <laughs> We're going to come right out on Front Street and tell you. Yeah, we're not even going to let you sort of pretend that he's no, a real doctor. He's saying he's not a doctor. Buy our shit anyway. It's just amazing. And people did in droves. But that ridiculousness of that phrase became a sort of a catchphrase, and people started. Carson was using it in sketches yeah. and stuff, and everybody started using it. So there you go. The origins of I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV on today's Where Did It Come From? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? And lastly, you know, we play upbeat music for you on every episode to make your day a little bit brighter. We call them our happy hits. Today's suggestion comes from Rob. And how appropriate that he would call in on a TV Teens Tuesday. TV Tunes Tuesday with this suggestion. Hey, Ralph. Uh, yo, ho, hey, yo, ho, Eddie. Excuse me. Uh, it's Rob calling in four star from uh, Toronto. And I was calling in actually to suggest a happy hit. Um, the happy hit I'm uh, looking to uh, ask for is uh, Do You Want to Taste It uh, from Wigwam. And uh, if, if you're not familiar with that song, uh, this movie, this song has been getting, at least been getting a lot of traction over the past week, ever since a certain show called Peacemaker used it for its opening credit, credits. And uh, it's, it's an unbelievable uh, song just to hear and see with the opening credits of Peacemaker. It's one of my favorite opening credits ever. I probably literally watched the opening credits of Peacemaker about a hundred times ever since it dropped. So uh, yeah, if you guys could do that, that'd be awesome. And uh, definitely check out the opening credits on the show if you guys haven't already, because it's pretty awesome anyway. Love you. Mean it. Bye. All right, two points. I don't think Rob needs to be any happier. <laughs> 
I don't think he particularly needs a happy hit. He's about a 10 on the happy scale. <laughs> and second, Rob, you need to relax a little bit about the opening credits to Peacemaker. <laughs> Find what makes you happy and just lean into it. That's what I, Rob does. I guess so. I just discovered Peacemaker over the weekend. Have you seen it yet? I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to. It's on uh, HBO Max yeah. from the creative genius that is James Gunn. And you got John Cena playing the role of Peacemaker that he, of course, played in Suicide Squad. Yeah. I've only seen one episode so far, but it is enormously entertaining. Yeah. And I got to give it to Rob. He's right. The opening credits are an elaborate dance number. I've seen the opening credits. I just haven't watched the show yet. Done to this yeah. song, which is uh, Do You Want to Taste It by the band Wigwam, <laughs> which is a real throwback to sort of the hair bands of the <laughs> 1980s. It's a great tune. Rob's right. It's a great opening sequence. Here is the uh, a bonus TV Tunes Tuesday. Here's the intro to Peacemaker. Standing there with Eagly, right. his pet eagle. With his, the wings all spread. Oh, my God. That'd be funny. So awesome. If you had told me that was Warrant, though, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't be able to prove you wrong. <laughs> it does sound a lot like Warrant. It's very cherry pie-esque. Yes. And that's today's happy hit. Thanks, Rob, for the suggestion. Thanks to everybody who called in today. You, too, can be featured in the Garmy on the Line segment. But in order for that to happen, you got to call me. Call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Time for us now to take a look at the huge calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall. You may be surprised to learn that every day of the calendar year have multiple holidays associated with it. And we break them down for you. Let us know what's a good holiday and what's not so good in holiday or holiday. Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. Today is National Michigan Day. Happy National Michigan Day, everybody. Especially yeah. to our Garmy members there in the, in the Mitten State. Yeah, my cousin, my nephew, my nephew just moved up there. Michigan? Michigan. Yes. He Interesting state, seven Michigan. degrees. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> it's cold, cold as balls. As balls. <laughs> Apparently, the uh, big storm that hit the eastern seaboard this weekend, yeah. this past weekend, yeah, yeah. Uh, the actual name that the meteorologists have given it is the Saskatchewan Screamer. Oh, that's a great name. It's a roller coaster. Or a, or a sex move. Oh, I guess. If you want to go that way with it. it sounds like one of those uh, urban dictionary sex moves. <laughs> like we have to have your cock in a girl's ear and then you got to hit her with an ice cube tray or something. What? <laughs> they all Jesus, have, man. They all have those twisted, weird <laughs> definitions. Like the dirty Sanchez. Yeah, but that's okay. I'm just saying. I'm like I hit someone with an ice cube tray. That's because it's cold. It's a Saskatchewan screamer. 
Anyway, um, yeah, it's cold up there. It's surrounded by four of the five Great Lakes. Yeah, that's a lot. Michigan has more shoreline than any of the contiguous 48 states. Oh. Only Alaska has more shoreline than Michigan. Wow. You would think California with its would, expansive coastline would have think. most, but it does not. Uh, the area was first explored by the French, became a U.S. territory in 1783. Uh, lots of industrial activity in Michigan, of course. Uh, they've got a lot of iron there, a lot of copper there. And Lake Michigan separates the upper and lower peninsulas of the state. So it's unlike any other state's design as yeah. well. It's very unique. So we pay tribute to all our Garmy members there in Michigan. You know, we got uh, our buddy there in Novi. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. A couple of got a couple Michiganders. It's also National Thesaurus Day. January 18th honors Peter Mark Roger, author of Roger's Thesaurus, who was born on this day in 1779. He retired from a successful career in medicine and then spent the rest of his life working on Roger's thesaurus of English words and phrases. Hmm. Very useful, the thesaurus. Yeah, just thinking of other words for the same word. It's, it's I, I would pour over it as a young man. <laughs> I love words, and I would read the thesaurus. Yeah. I'd look up a word and see, all right, what are my options? What else can I what use to become more I, expressive? How can I sound smarter? When I'm writing or speaking. It's not about smarter. It's mostly, when people look up synonyms, it's like, how can I sound No, it's smarter? about me being more specific. Sometimes right. some words, it just to varying degrees, have a more more impactful no. It's usually people who use them. that word in a paragraph, and they're like, okay, I got I can't use the exact same word again three sentences later. Oh, so let me look up a synonym for it. And that's really the reason we use the thesaurus. Why do you hate words, I don't man. hate words. I'm just saying that's the practical use for well, it. Judging how you treat words, I would think you have not much regard for <laughs> I'm them. I'm all about making up words. Quite frankly. I'm pro-word. So anyway, happy Roger's Day, everybody. It's thesaurus Day. Mm. It's also a very special day for one of my favorite characters. This celebrates that when I was when I was a young lad, when I was a little Ralph, yeah. I had this guy with me everywhere I went. Hmm. He was tucked under my arm from the ages of, I don't know, about two to about ten. Slept with him every night. He really? was he was my man. Oh yeah. He was my John, as we say back in Philly. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh. Shall be little cubby all stuffed with fluff. He's Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Oh, Winnie. Yeah. Oh, I loved Winnie. I wasn't big into Winnie. It's, I didn't hate Winnie. I just wasn't big into Winnie. It, I think it's because Winnie the Pooh exploded. The Disney version exploded in the mid-1960s yeah. right, when I was a tiny little kid. Yeah, and so it, right it was everywhere, and I just fell in love with mm. Winnie. He was yeah, my I never, man. I wasn't too much into My it. mom would hand make outfits for my Winnie the Pooh. Oh, that's nice. She made him a, a superhero costume when oh, I got into superheroes. Batman costume? No, it was just super poo. <laughs> and it just, she's a brown. <laughs> little corn chips around. No, him. but it, he had a little, uh, <laughs> like a like a onesie with a SP on the front of it and sort of a logo that my you mom designed. super poo? And there was a cape connected <laughs> to the back of him and Not he'd a fly toilet paper, around. Toilet paper cape? No, he was super poo. <laughs> SP. <laughs> You don't get it, man. Terrible super. <laughs> January 18th <laughs> is A.A. A. Milne's birthday. He was born in 1882. Okay. And of course, he is the man responsible for the lovable Pooh Bear. Uh, it came about from his son, Christopher Robin. Oh, that's the name of the kid. That's exactly why. Got it. Christopher Robin fell in love with a black bear named Winnie. At the London Zoo. And he's like, we can't have a black bear. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> you gotta change the color of that bear. Fell in love with <laughs> Winnie the bear at the London Zoo during the First World War. And also, there was a swan there called Pooh. And so, they put the two together and uh, Winnie the Pooh was born. Oh. Early 1920s till right now, we're still celebrating Winnie the Pooh. So, happy Winnie the Pooh Day, everybody. And especially to Super Pooh. Who's, Super. <laughs> who's out there somewhere, I assume. <laughs> I had that bear tucked away uh, in a in a in a, in a box toilets in a single bed. <laughs> Why are you the worst person ever? But eventually, my Pooh Bear sort of disintegrated. He just kind of fell apart. Just, uh, just kind of just wasn't that super then, huh? Yeah, everyone's got their weakness, even Super Pooh. At this point, we find a holiday related to a food, and we run it past Daddy Pence to see if it's something he would eat or perhaps stick up his ass and pull out. 
Mm-mm. Today is no different. We'll talk about that food. Then we'll pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. The reels will go round and round. If they stop and they match, jackpot. That means Eddie's eating it up. However, if they're mismatched, <laughs> he's not going to go for it. Today is National Peking Duck Day. Peking Duck, Eddie Peking Pence. Duck. Okay. The national dish of China. A delicacy due to its elaborate preparation and intense flavors. It's been around since the Huan Dynasty, established by Kublai Khan. Oh. The Peking's duck's roots are steeped in tradition that chefs have had to perfect over thousands of years. Here's how you prepare a Peking duck, okay? Okay. You raise the duck for 65 days exactly before bringing it to slaughter. Oh, really? Yes. Then you pluck the duck and you pump it full of air between the skin and the meat. Okay. So you keep the skin on, but you separate it from meat. The meat then is covered with boiling water, skewered and hung to dry. While drying, the skin is glazed with a sugar coating and left for 24 hours. This whole process adds to the crispiness of the skin. Then the duck is roasted with the skin on it, hanging it from the center of an oven, allowing the fat to drip, basting the skin as it does, and then when presented, the Peking duck is sliced artfully by the chef right in front of the diners. Hmm. The uh, meal is served in three portions. First, the skin. The Peking duck's crispy skin is served separately, which diners also dip into a sugar concoction. Then following the skin, you get the meat course. Thin slices of the meat are stuffed into pancakes. And then you get hoisin and bean sauces, cucumbers, onions, and garlic. And then the third final serving is a duck soup or broth that's made from the drippings and the uh, meat of the duck itself. Mm. So it's a three-course duck meal, Peking duck. Hours are spent perfecting this delicacy. Is that wasted on Eddie Pence? It's only one way for us to find out. Let's pull that handle. Here we go. (laughs) I don't like duck. Uh, I'm just not a, I don't like duck. Why? I don't like the taste of it. I don't it's I don't like duck. I don't like the smell of the fat that drips off the duck. I don't like I just don't like duck. It's so good. It's not that good. I'd rather have chicken. Oh my god. I don't like duck. I've tried duck. I've had duck. I do not like duck. I don't You're... like the smell of duck, the taste of duck. I don't mind looking at a duck. <laughs> I don't mind looking at a duck. Yeah. Go around just looking at ducks. Well, I'll look at a duck. I think it's fun to look at it with the head still on. It's smiling. Right, but I don't want to eat it or smell it. Or touch it. Fail. I don't like duck. So good. I've tried it and I don't like it. You're wrong. I'm not wrong. So happy Peking Duck Day, everybody, except for Eddie Pence. Have mine. So good. Eh. Speaking of chicken. Yeah. Have you seen that, uh, is it, I think KFC now has Beyond Chicken? Oh, do they? <laughs> Are we going back into this? Beyond Chicken Nuggets? <laughs> Are we going we've into tasted Beyond? the Beyond Burgers. We have. I've and, never... we, and we've worked our way through every possible chicken nugget, we I might think. Might as well go into Beyond Chicken. But these are Beyond Chicken Nuggets. I've never had Beyond Chicken. I've, I've had never Beyond had, Beef. I've never had Beyond Chicken either. That could be interesting. So I think maybe we need to try Beyond I'll, Chicken. I'll try Beyond Chicken. I'll try Beyond Chicken. You say it fast, it sounds like a delicacy. Beyond chicken. <laughs> oh, for 65 days you raise the Beyond chicken before <laughs> you blow its skin off with an air compressor. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at the entertainment news, shall we, with something I call the showbiz beat. Well, finally, Joss Whedon is responding to all those claims from so many people that pretty much just say he's an asshole. That was like three years ago. <laughs> Why is he responding now? That's really three years ago. Two? It was uh, 2020, July of 2020, so a year and a half ago. Almost two years. No, it's not almost July yet. It'll be July before you know it. (laughs) It doesn't count in terms of calendars and time. We're going to be sitting here in July going, can you believe it's fucking July already? I believe my estimate of a year and a half is actually closer than, well, it's going to be here any minute. It's going to feel like two years real quick. Uh, Yeah, it started with Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg in the Justice League movie. He complained about how he was treated on that set. And then a lot of people started to pile on. Jason Momoa said that he was treated in a shitty way during the reshoots. Of course, 
Joss Whedon had to come on to finish the movie for Zack Snyder, right. had to leave for personal reasons. Gal Gadot said that her career was threatened by Joss Whedon on the set when he didn't, she didn't do something the way he wanted her to do it. Mm -hmm. Then some old coworkers of Joss Whedon started coming out of the woodwork to pile on. Charisma Carpenter from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Michelle Trachtenberg, all came forward with their own accusations how he was inappropriate on yeah. the set. So now he did a New York Magazine profile where he responds to all of those claims. And for a guy who's trying to make him seem, himself seem like not an asshole, yeah. he has failed miserably <laughs> in his explanation of what he says happened. He says that the reason Cyborg's role was cut in the film is because Ray Fisher is a bad actor. Ooh, ouch. right? Damn. His acting was bad and the character's storyline logically made no sense. He said all the accusations are without merit. We're talking about a malevolent force, he says here, talking about Ray Fisher. We're talking about a bad actor in both senses. Wow, right? Slam. Then when it comes to Gal Gadot, he says English is not her first language. Oh. And I tend to be annoyingly flowery in my speech. He's an asshole. So That's what that means. He reads the thesaurus is what it means. That's right. And so apparently he said he was trying to make a joke about uh, changing something over her dead body and tying it to a railroad track or something like that. And uh, he says Gal Gadot misunderstood the joke because she doesn't speak English as her first language. Gal Gadot responded to this interview, by the way, saying, I speak English perfectly and I understood exactly what he was saying to me on the yeah. set. Um, regarding all the Buffy allegations, he also goes forward and says, I would get angry sometimes, but I was never physical with people. So anyway, he pretty much uh, puts most of the, of, the, of the different allegations down, but none in a very convincing way. And almost all of them make him sound worse yeah. than it did before he responded. He should have just them. stayed quiet. He absolutely should have, especially if he's apparently an asshole. Wow. Who can't get out of his own way. Wow. Hey, a little uh, auction news. You know, I love the collectibles. Muhammad Ali's walkout robe from his iconic 1965 fight with Sonny Liston is hitting the auction block. It is an historic piece of sports memorabilia. Not only is it one of Ali's most famous fights, he KO'd Sonny Liston in this rematch, but it was the first time he ever boxed under the name Muhammad Ali. Oh. He was Sonny List. Uh, he was uh, Cassius, Cassius Clay. Clay, of course, yeah. up till that point. And this is the first time he ever fought under the name of Muhammad Ali. The robe has Muhammad Ali stitched in the back in red letters. It's a white robe. It's pretty cool. What do you think, Eddie Pass? If you had to estimate, and they're estimating here, they're thinking it's going to sell for this number. If you had to pick a number, what do you think it's going to sell for? Within, I'll give you $20,000. What do you think it's going to be? I'd say it's at least a $200,000 piece. <laughs> they're expecting half a million dollars. Wow, that's Muhammad right Ali's robe going ah, for half a million I can dollars. see that. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that too. This is funny. I feel bad for her, but I think it's funny. Rachel Zegler, the actress from West Side Story, who's going to be playing uh, Snow White soon, she went online and she took some of Britney Spears' uh, tweets. Mm -hmm. You know, she's uh, having a very public social media battle with her sister, Jamie Lynn Spears. Yes. Jamie Lynn Spears wrote a book. Yes. And then did an interview. Britney Spears is slamming her on Instagram and mm -hmm. Twitter, and it's all very unseemly and very ugly. So what Rachel Ziegler did, she thought it would be funny, was to take Britney Spears' tweet and to do a dramatic reading of it as if it was a monologue and she was self-taping for an audition mm. and posted it on social media. Okay. You are responding apparently like all of Jamie, uh, all of Britney Spears fans are responding. I just don't. I don't know why you would do that. Because it's hilarious. I guess, but then you're interjecting yourself in the middle of that. Because Britney Spears is tweeting at her sister publicly, saying the only reason I ever carried a knife was because I had to slice up some squash, and the slices were too big. So I mean, it's, it's, I, it's I, ridiculous. I know. It just seems that she, of all people, would interject herself into that. I don't. It just seems weird. And she was just goofing. I know, it just seems weird. Anyway, here's the audio. You tell me what you think. Jamie Lynn. Congrats, babe. Stooped to a whole new level of low. I've never been around you ever with a knife or would I ever even think to do such. And the only knife 
I ever saw you with at home was cutting the biggest pieces of squash I ever saw in my life, and it was way too big for me to cut. So please, please stop with these crazy lies for the Hollywood books. Now and only now, I do know only a scum person would make up such things about someone. I'm actually very confused about you making that up because it's honestly not like you at all. Around the kids? Jamie Lynn, seriously? Come on! You know, congrats on introducing your older sister to the concept of getting low, lower, lowest. Because you win on that one, babe. Uh, my name is Rachel Zegler. I am five foot two. Richie slates it at the, the end. The slate makes it work. It's funny. The slate makes it work. Hey, look, if you're going to air your dirty laundry with your sister on right. social media, yeah. I'm sorry. That you, you get, you get to be mocked. Right. You get to have I, some people take some shots. I guess. I just don't know that this actress in it well enough. I guess maybe. She, like if it was like Josh Gad or somebody doing it, I think it's hilarious. I just don't know who this person. I don't know her well enough. She's she's funny and charming yes. and young and talented. Okay. And I thought she was. I thought it was very okay. strong. But as you can imagine, Britney Spears has some rabid fans who are now attacking yes, her. How dare you? This free Britney. You know that whole thing. Right. So. Meanwhile, Jamie Lynn Spears has come forward and said, please, Brittany, can we end our public feud? This is embarrassing regarding the tweets that are going back and forth between the two of them. <laughs> Keep in mind, Jamie Lynn Spears wrote a book about her sister and then went on Good Morning America right. and did a giant interview about the book about her sister. So she's drawing on a weak hand when she's asking her sister, Brittany, to not make this feud public. Ugh. They're both just awful. It's the whole family's trash. Andrew Garfield is now coming out with the truth about the fact that he lied to all of us whether he was going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home yeah. or not. He was asked point blank by many sources, and he said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. He signed an NDA where he couldn't say anything. Yeah. And if he had said, I can't say, that's probably the same thing as yes. an affirmation. Yes, he's got to say no, or what are you talking about? But I thought it was funny. He was talking recently about who he had to lie to. And one of those people was Emma Stone. Oh, Gwen. His co-star from his Spider-Man films and his ex-girlfriend. They dated for some oh, time as well, that. yes. And so she kept on texting me saying, are you in this new Spider-Man film? And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> she kept saying, shut up, just tell me. He said, I kept it going with her and it was hilarious. Then she saw the film and the first text I got was from her saying, you're a jerk. He so, had to. I agree. Especially in the to. text. Yeah. Yeah, you got you to protect those yeah, things. Yeah, you can be sued out your ass by Disney. But I thought it was funny. He had to lie to his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, that's funny. And lastly, we may be faced with the greatest name reveal ever for a celebrity child. Cardi B. Oh, no. Has welcomed her second child with husband Offset. This was back in September of 2021. But they have yet to disclose what they named their son. Oh. We know their uh, daughter is named Culture with a K. Please never forget they named their daughter Culture, Culture with a K. With a K. And now Cardi says she may be ready to reveal the name of her son. She says, I'm 1% close to tatting my son's name on my face. Oh, please do. Please do, Please Cardi. do that. That would be so awesome. <laughs> Even though she once tweeted last year, I'm thankful every day that I didn't get the face tattoo I wanted to when I was 16 years old, she says. <laughs> As of yet, she is not tattooed on her face. However, her uh, her uh, husband, Offset, does have the name of Culture tattooed on his face, on his jawline. Yes. So maybe Cardi B will, in fact, uh, tattoo her child's Please. name on her face. Please do that. Well, if she does the boy, she's got to do the girl. No, the, Offset did the girl. Right. Culture's on his face. Her face is un, unmarked yeah, but then with you're gonna, child names. You're going to grow up, and then the kid's going to be like, well, how come my name's not on your face, right. Mom? So she may you get his, both. his name tattooed on her face. You got to do both. Good old Cardi. The Ralph Report. Don't do fuck shit. Don't say fuck shit. I don't want people like to just keep doing fuck shit, saying fuck shit. Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on January 18th. Singer Jonathan Davis of Corn is 51 years old today. Feeling like a freak on the leash. Feeling like I have no release. How many times have I felt disease? Kevin Costner, actor-director, is 67 years old. Actor Mark Rylance from Bridge of Spies. He is in this uh, Don't Look Up. Yeah. He's brilliant in this. 
62 years old today. Alison Arngrim, she played the obnoxious little Nellie on Little House on the Prairie. She's 60 years old today. Dave Attell, comedian, 57. Jesse L. Martin from TV's The Flash on Law & Order, 53 years old. Jason Siegel from How I Met Your Mother and Freaks and Geeks and other projects is 42. Ashley Murray from Riverdale is 34. And actor Jane Horrocks from AbFab, absolutely fabulous. She played Bubbles, the assistant on that show. She is 58, so funny on that BBC program. I turned on the, hmm, whatchamacallit this morning. Radio? I want to say telephone. No, it's not right. <laughs> it's not right. You look at it. Television. That's it. <laughs> yeah, she plays a remarkably dumb person, which I find endlessly entertaining. That's all of today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. Well, it's Tuesday, kids, and for Tuesdays, what we do around here is uh, we turn on the TV. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. On today's Ralph Report. Oh, I like that one. Today's TV tune comes from a classic animated series that ran from 1992 all the way through to 1997. It was featured on the Fox Kids Network. It was one of the shows that made that network, including the Power Rangers. And uh, the call came in today for this TV theme song. Hey, Ralph, it's John from London, Ontario. I need to hear something that makes me want to kick some ass. I want to hear the theme song from the 90s X-Men cartoon. Because that song kicks some ass. LMB. You're absolutely right. The X-Men, the animated series, definitely, that theme song definitely does kick ass. On the air from 1992, as I mentioned, originally it was the result of a failed X-Men pilot that was called X-Men Pride of the X-Men that Marvel had tried to develop and sell but couldn't. This was back in 1989. And one of the producers of that pilot eventually ended up running the Fox Kids Network. And her name was Margaret Lesh, and she... Once she became the head of Fox Children's Network, she was able to push that series into production and the results, well, they're frankly, they're legendary. It was one of the few animated series, certainly in the 19, early 1990s, that had an ongoing storyline. Instead yeah. of just being self-contained per episode, yeah. it actually had a storyline that changed you and followed. evolved over five seasons it was yeah. on the air. There were story arcs. It was great. Yeah, it was really well done. The theme, of course, is memorable. Even for those of us like myself who didn't watch it that much back in the 90s, the theme song was everywhere. It was in video games and arcade games. Yeah. You couldn't get away from it. It is awesome. Ronald Wasserman is the man who wrote it. Also, he worked for Saban Entertainment, so some of the other popular theme songs he worked on was including Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That was his work as well. But this one really sticks with people. Here's the X-Men theme from the 1990s animated series. Uh, there are two versions available online. You can get one of just the song, or you can get the intro with all the sound effects and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I wanted to hear just the song standalone, so here you go. strong when the song became as popular as the tv series a lot of people had a thought they said could it possibly be influenced by the popular whitney houston song from 1990 i'm your baby tonight hmm. here's a little bit of the beginning of i'm your baby tonight by whitney houston tell me what you think
me think. I mean, it's familiar. Here's a mashup. Here's one on top of the other. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. And then in 2019, in fact, we covered the story here on the Ralph Report. There was an Hungarian producer named Zoltan Krisko. Ooh. That's a name. Sounds that's like a, a Bond villain. That's an X-Men villain. Sultan Crisco filed a lawsuit against Marvel Entertainment and Saban and Disney and Fox, claiming that the theme song was actually plagiarized from a television adventure series that he produced in Hungary from 1984 to 1991 called Linda the Policewoman. <laughs> <laughs> and its theme was composed by Georgi Volkan. And Georgi... Created a very popular theme song there in Hungary. Uh -huh. And so uh, Crisco said that they must have ripped off the theme song from Linda the Policeman. Now, I got to tell you something. I got a little snippet of Linda the Policeman here. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be hard-pressed to tell me this isn't the same goddamn song. Anyway, here's the theme from the very popular Hungarian action series, Linda the Policeman. <laughs> Yeah, he needs to go after Whitney Houston, too. <laughs> that estate. He needs to go after both of those. And here's the thing. I've looked online and looked online, and I can't find any news about that lawsuit from 2019. Oh, he got a big check. So he must have just he got, got a, a big, big check. check. And everyone just said, shh, yeah. let's not bring it up. Yeah. That's what I'm guessing. So wow. there you go. Uh, this animated series is credited with paving the way to the X-Men feature film yeah. franchise because of all the uh, the kids who were turned on to X-Men. If that we don't series. have that series, I don't know if we have the, the superhero films of the early 2000s, which led into right. the MCU. I think you're right. I don't think we have those. It's so popular that it is currently streaming on Disney Plus as we speak, and they have announced a sequel to the series entitled X-Men 97 that is set to be released on Disney Plus in the year 2023. They're nice. in production now. So uh, for all you X-Men fans out there, more episodes to come. That's it for today's TV Tunes Tuesday. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. Oh, I like that one. That's it for today's show, kids. Thank you so much for joining us. Come on back tomorrow. Tomorrow we do a thing. Oh, mm -hmm. man. I know it's it's a Wednesday show, mm -hmm. so I know there's something we do on Wednesday. One Hit Wonder. You guys have right! One Hit Wonder Wednesday coming up tomorrow. Usually on Wednesdays, we get a visit from our UK correspondent, Steve Ashton. Mm. But Steve is at the doctor's today. Yeah to get the final opinion on whether he's going to need surgery or Oof. whether they're going to put a pin into his shoulder or... Oof. Anyway, the guy's in a ton of pain, and he's got a world of trouble going on right God, that now. that sucks. So uh, I have put him on medical leave from the Garmy. It's on the IR. Until further notice, but he will check in when he can to keep oh, us know, uh, to keep us in the know regarding how he's faring. I know he's in a lot of pain, but he does appreciate everyone's good wishes, so uh, we'll keep you posted as much as possible. So no Steve tomorrow, but we'll still be here. So why don't you come back and join us? In order to do that, though, you got to take care of yourself. That means masks and boosters and whatever it takes. Stay good in the hood. And um, if you're like Eddie Pence and you don't want to get a bug in your ear. Don't have a bug in my ear. You should keep some distance, too. Stay sweet at six feet. Because. Life is life. And we want yours to be long, happy, and healthy. We'll talk to you tomorrow, kids. Until tomorrow, please remember... I love you. I mean it. Bye. Marijuana is the flame. Heroin is the fuse. Glitter's the bomb. <laughs>